Hello there, welcome to The Final Whistle. I'm Kenzie Benale. And I'm Steve Forbes. Well, Southampton's three-game unbeaten run does come to an end with defeat at Selhurst Park. 1-0, the final result there. Former Saints captain Dean Hammond is back with us to talk all about that one. Uh, Dean, perhaps the less said about the first half, the better. But what was your general thoughts on the game as a whole? Uh, well, I totally agree with that, Kenzie. The, the first half was a difficult watch. Um, a little bit laboured by Southampton, I would say. Um, didn't quite get out of the blocks, even though they started the first couple of minutes really, really well. Um, we were playing in Crystal Palace half. And then just a, a lack of composure, probably in possession. Um, probably a little bit predictable, trying to play in front of Crystal Palace, where um, there was a lot of space in behind them. Maybe a little bit more of a direct approach could have could have helped. Um, but to be... 1-0 down at half-time was probably disappointing. And then second half, in terms of the performance, I thought Southampton were excellent in, in the second half. Um, created four or five really good chances. The disappointment would be that we, we didn't get an equaliser. And I think if we had got an equaliser, we may have gone on to, to win the game. Um, some chances for Shea Adams. Stuart Armstrong got a little bit more involved, had a couple of strikes at goal. Um, and that was just down to a little bit more urgency a little bit more effort, if, if I'm honest, in terms of trying to press Crystal Palace and then the midfield players and the, the, the fullbacks trying to support the, the two front men because I felt they were a little bit isolated in, in the first half and just caused Crystal Palace some more problems, but just couldn't quite come up with that solution to get the equaliser, even though Southampton did create some really good chances. And I don't think it was through brilliant play. I think it was through just putting a bit more pressure on Crystal Palace and asking them more questions um, and, and through their mistakes, really. But I think the frustration is it's another game where Southampton should have got something from it, at least the draw. And the disappointment in dressing will be a, a reflection thinking if they started the game like they played the second half, I think they would have done. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. As the players make their way to the halfway line here in South London, and Saints looking to stretch their unbeaten run to four games. Plays it cleverly. Brilliant from Eze. Finds Zaha in the box. Narrow angle. Right across the six-yard area. And somehow no one got a touch. Back comes Anderson. Shea Adams looks up. Wants to get the shot away. He's got support, but he curls it onto the post. And it bounces off the post and comes out of this. this oh, well, then the linesman puts the flag up. Elise came off the wing. He's done well to poke it back. Here's Edward. 1-0 Palace. And then the flag... Goes up, does it? It does, I think. Offside against Hudson Edward. That's another another warning for Southampton. And the Zaha plays it to Mitchell. Eddie Lucy falls over. Mitchell squares it. Edward scores. Mazzulu can't stop that one. And Palace finally breaks the Southampton defence. And they have the lead. You can't argue with the scoreline, really. They've given away more than anyone from leading positions apart from Leicester. And now Adams is in a try and end their lead. And it's saved by Goethe and he should have done better. Keeps going, the Croatian. He gets it to Shea Adams and he says to them, play it left. Here's Stuart Armstrong, narrow angle, fires it against the post. It comes back off Joel Ward and goes out for a corner. And then the back heel from Adams sets a rebound up edge of the box. Needs to get the shot away. Here comes Shea Adams this time. And again, he's hit it straight at the goalkeeper. 
Gineppo can't bring him down, he tried. Still going Elise. Zaha living off the shoulder of Maitland-Niles inside. He's got Ayu running as well. Ayu in the box, should be 2-0. Ayu squares it towards Zaha, but Maitland-Niles was waiting for the ball. Referee says that's it. Relief around Sellers Park for the home side, who are outplayed in the second half by Southampton. But if you do not take your chances in the Premier League, you cannot win matches. We have to focus on one particular moment from the first half, and that's Edouard's opener that came seven minutes before the break. It felt like it was coming, Dean, but was it frustrating to concede it in the manner that we did? Yeah, I agree. I think it was coming, Steve. Um, you know, Crystal Palace were, were on top and um, just probably from more Southampton errors, really, and giving possession of the ball away um, and inviting that pressure from Crystal Palace. Obviously, had the disallowed goal as well. Um, but the goal came from from nothing really, and it got, it came from um, actually a good recovery from Southampton and winning the ball back. They come into uh, uh, Lianco plays the ball around the corner to James Ward Prowse, they play a one-two, and it looks like Southampton are out, and it looks like they can break. And that's what I mean. There was no option for Lianco to play the ball in behind. Everyone was coming to feet, so he had to take an extra touch to look up to to see where the Southampton players was, and and by that he felt the pressure of Zaha. I, I don't think it's a foul. He tries to lean on Zaha and Zaha's kind of not there. Um, so he doesn't make the contact, loses his balance. Zaha comes away with the ball and then Mitchell just breaks on Elanusi. He's a little bit quicker. He's stronger. He gets to the to the byline and crosses the ball back for Edward, who has a um, an easy tapping. But that comes from um, Shalata Sar as well, trying to play offside, where I think in that moment, if he, if he sees it, um, on the video, we will think, I just need to recover into position because Salasu doesn't stay with the line. He plays a little bit deeper and keeps Edouard on on um, on side. So then he's coming from an offside position into an on, onside position and he's got the run on the Southampton defence. So probably four or five errors there that, that didn't need to happen. But it comes from, in my opinion, where Lianco doesn't have that option to play the ball over the top because Crystal Palace are playing really high and pushing up to the to the halfway line. We saw that where Shea Adams actually hit the post in, in the first half where he got in because of that offside. So I think if we'd gone over the top a little bit more, um, it would have taken a little bit of pressure on. But it that's the disappointment because it wasn't Crystal Palace with brilliant play. It was good execution at the end, but it came from Southampton uh, mistakes that just, just weren't needed. Dean, can we talk about Ralph's decision to bring on Ainsley Maitland-Niles for Ibrahima Diallo? What impact do you think that had on the game? Because it felt like at that point, Saints seemed to have more control of the ball. They did. Um, I think he came on and had a really positive impact. Um, he looked comfortable in that position. Um, he looked like he understood what the manager wanted from him. And he did the basics very, very well. When he came on, he, came, he kept um, possession really simple to start with. He played his way into the game. He was picking second balls up. Um, and to be honest, Kenzie, he was doing he was playing forward, which which made a real difference. He was playing that ball into to Shea Adams. He was playing the ball into Stuart Armstrong on, on the angle. He was, James Will Prowse was getting further forward. So he had that that further um forward pass. Um so he came on and did very, very well. And he looked fit, he looked, he looked strong, um, and he had a real impact um, from the substitute bench. So Personally, that would do him the world of good because um, he make, did make a difference. And, and Diallo first half was just a little bit sloppy in possession of the ball. He wasn't doing anything majorly wrong, but he did give the ball away a few times in areas where passes where you expect it, he wouldn't do. 
Um, but Southampton really improved in, in that second half and, and took the game to, to Crystal Palace, just played further up the, up the pitch. So when the ball went up to Shea, he had support around him. Arriba maybe was either going been behind. Like I say, James Ward-Prowse was playing further up, so he was getting the knockdowns. Then we could play wide. Perro was higher on the left-hand side. Elanusi was higher on the right-hand side. And it was difficult for, for Crystal Palace to get out because Southampton could press in numbers and attack in numbers. And that's where the chances came from. So uh, Maitland-Miles came on and had a, a, an impact. And that's good for him. It really is because he wants to nail down that central position. Um, and with Lavia coming back, it's going to be difficult for him because he's an exceptional player. Um, but he's done himself the world of good today. Talking of chances, Dean, there were two big opportunities for Shea Adams in that second period when he was fed through by James Ward-Prowse and then Rebo. But did he just snatch at those chances? Yeah, I think the first one's brilliant play and it comes from a direct ball, a forward ball where Shea actually gets holds the ball up brilliantly. Uh, I think he holds Anderson off, he, he brings it down on his chest and plays the ball into, into Prouty, I think, maybe one more pass before that. But the ball ends up with Prouty, who's driving forward from the centre midfield. And I love seeing Prouty do that because he has the ability to do that. And he plays a wonderful pass, you know, a no-look pass, a reverse pass into, into Shea's feet and... Look, I'm, not, I'm not a striker, but from a coaching point of view, um, and it's different for every player, Shea tries to receive the ball with the outside of his foot, or actually his momentum as he's running, if he takes it with the inside of his foot, the ball ends up further in front of him. So then he doesn't have to stop his stride, his pattern, his running pattern, and then he'll have a smoother finish maybe with the, out, uh, the inside of his foot and kind of curl it into to the uh, far corner against the goalkeeper. But because he controls it with the outside of it, he almost stutters and has to stop and then he has to generate more power on his shot, can't quite get the angle on it and it almost becomes a, a comfortable save. So that would be the disappointment with the, the first touch. He didn't get himself in a position to be able to have a, give him the best chance of scoring the goal. The second one, again, was brilliant pressing from, from Southampton. I think Shea presses the goalkeeper, Elenusi then presses Mitchell, it comes back to Shea, and Shea's awareness is fantastic. He plays the ball round the corner to Aribo, and Aribo drifts inside his left, doesn't want to shoot with his right, reverse pass to Shea, makes a brilliant overlapping run, and I think it's going to be the equaliser, and it's going to be a brilliant goal for Southampton. And Shea makes good contact with his left foot, but he hits it centrally, and you'd almost want him to either go right across the goal and go for it, or try and curl it near post against the goalkeeper. It almost goes under the goalkeeper, um, and that would have been a fantastic goal for, for Southampton and for, for Shea, but just didn't quite get the contact or get the ball on the right angle to give himself the best chance of scoring on both occasions. Dean, let's have a few words on Lianco, because yourself and Belvers were full of praise for him pre-match, particularly after that performance against Arsenal. Other than the mistake for the goal today, how did he do for you? Well, first half, it was a test for him against Zaha, um, but did fine. For the goal, I think he will be disappointed in his response, his personal responsibility that was that he could have been a little bit stronger, a little bit more aware of where Zaha was. And probably he won't like losing possession like that, whether it was a loss of balance or he was out-muscled. Um, but second half, I thought he was very, very good. Um you know, one moment when Zaha is actually one-on-one -on -one with him and he gives him a lot of space and gives him the angle, almost thinking he knows Zaha is going to do a step over, go to his left-hand side and get the shot. And he defends it brilliantly. He gets Zaha to go where he wants to, covers the ground and gets the block in. 
And he'd done that on a few occasions and, and got really, really tight. And also he was on a booking as well. So he he was disciplined in that second half, which we don't always see from, from Lianko. So he controlled his um, his approach towards the game um, and he defended very, very well. So in the second half, I thought he was good. And he was good in possession as well towards the end when he made that really mazy run and he gets in and he... He just tries to take on one too many two players where he could have probably just flashed it across um, the box. But, you know, he was trying to get Southampton back into the game. He defended well in one-on-one situations. Um, but it's difficult when you're a defender and you know you've played a part in, in conceding a goal. He will feel disappointed with that. But um, the second half, he responded well and had a very good individual performance in the second half defensively. When we look at the stats, Dean, we can see that Southampton ended the game with more shots, more shots on target, more passes and more possession, but not the result that obviously mattered. But in your eyes, is, is the second half something that it can be taken forward as a positive to be worked on? Yes. Yeah, definitely, Steve. And it's not the first time it's happened during the season. Um, Southampton has seemed to be able to re- react from disappointment pretty well this year and, and come back and fought their way back into games. You think about the Leeds game, you think about going 1-0 down to, to Chelsea um, and on other occasions as well, a Leicester away to, to win 2-1. Um, and they did that again second half, but just couldn't quite um, get the equaliser, which will be the disappointment. But if you look at the stats, like you say, more possession, more shots, more shots on target. For an away team, um, if you just looked at the stats, you would you would think that Southampton would have at least got a point or got a, a win out of the out of the game. So it's definitely something to build on. But the, I suppose the frustration and the, the interesting part of the manager is why it's taking Southampton to go a goal down, why it's taking them to almost take the shackles off to, to try and attack the game uh, with nothing to lose. We're one down now. Now we can go and play with a bit of freedom without that fear. I like to see Southampton play like that from the beginning. Now, it's not easy. It's difficult. Sometimes you have to build your way into the game. They did it against Arsenal and recovered really, really well um, and played with that freedom. More, Just getting more people in attacking areas, getting more players to support the front two, to get more players into the box when there is opportunities. But that only seems to happen when we're a goal down or we're chasing the game. I would just like to see the approach happen a little bit more when... Southampton a level uh, or they're winning the game 1-0 maybe to try and get that second ga- a second goal that's happened this season as well where we've been one up and not been able to get the second goal to 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 win the game um, so it's definitely something to build on and that the performance in the second half was very good I know it's difficult to accept sometimes when you lose the game and you feel as though you should have got something from it but it's something to take into to the next game because the second half performance all round was very very good well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Didn't change tactically anything in the halftime. We only changed the player and then we tried to to play better and uh, don't make so many mistakes and be still brave. What we also tried in the first half and the result were more more chances, more more possession and, and uh, yeah, a better game. You mentioned you didn't really change anything tactically at the break. Is there an, an easy reason as to why you get so two different contrasting performances in, in either half? Yeah, the reason is that you lose in the first half uh, in some moments the ball too easy. Uh, but when they're very aggressive and, and when you don't when they then don't play quick enough, then you have a problem. We showed them that we have to 
to uh, be more aware of the counter-pressing and, and uh, play quicker and, and uh, this was in the second half much better. I think certainly before the hour mark there were four or five really good chances for, for Shea and, and Stu especially. It felt like at that moment if we could have got a goal then the, the game really could have swung around in terms of momentum. Yeah but it didn't happen and uh, that's the reason why we are again without points. Now obviously there's an opportunity, two home games in, in the Premier League and, and then in the Carabao Cup as well. It's a, it's a chance to build some momentum up again. Yeah, we have to stand up again and uh, um, take the positive things out of this game. What is always difficult when you don't take points, but uh, yeah, we could see that we can we can play definitely uh, good enough to to take something here. Well, as ever, Dean, we march on. So let's look forward to next weekend when we welcome Newcastle on Sunday. A big win for them today, four 0 over Aston Villa. Of course, they're fourth in the Premier League table as well. So, what are your early thoughts ahead of that game? They're flying high. Um, like you say, they put another good performance in today and, and won. And almost as the surprise package, I think they're doing a little bit better than, than expected, even though people, a few people predicted they would have a very good season. Eddie Howe seems to be moulding a team that's not conceding goals and scoring lots of goals. So he's got the formula very, very right. So it's going to be difficult for, for Southampton. But... I repeat myself a lot and I, I, I say it again, if Southampton can play to their strengths and bring that that energy, that togetherness, that spirit that they've showed at home in particular this year, then there are, they can be competitive against anyone and give anyone a game. So I, like I just mentioned, if they can go into that game with a little bit less fear when the game is level and take the game to Newcastle and ask questions of Newcastle and not allow teams to to settle and get into their groove, um, then they, they can cause Newcastle problems. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a good challenge. And Southampton always seem to do better against the bigger teams in the division. And Newcastle are becoming one of those bigger teams. Good stuff. Well, Dean, thank you so much for your contributions today on both Saints Live and on the final whistle. We'll see you again soon. Well, it wasn't to be for Southampton today at Selhurst Park and a 1-0 defeat to Crystal Palace. Next up, it's the Magpies that fly south to St Mary's as Newcastle with the visitors on Sunday. It's a 2pm kickoff for that one, so we'll have another Saints Live for you from 12.45. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll see you then. Bye for now. <laughs>